This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Wow. The rhythms of life. I hope you came prepared for a powerful morning of life change, because that's what we're going to do today. You know, a few days ago when I was praying about the service, one of the things that uh, God reminded me of, and I just want to pass it on to you, the church is, well, it's not about symbolic ritual, and it's not even about religion. It's about two things that are far more important than symbolic ritual or religion. It's about getting rightly related to God. And it's about getting rightly related to each other. When you think about Jesus, no one ever said, you know what I love about Jesus? That dude could hang out in the synagogue and lead people in ritual. You ever heard anybody say that about Jesus? Because he didn't do that. But you know what he was into? He was into getting people rightly related to God. And he was into getting people rightly related to each other. And I just want to welcome you this morning because every Sunday morning, that's what we work on, those two things. So when you walked in our lobby this morning, you saw that it said up there, if you read it, it says that the first thing we do in this church is connecting people to God, connecting people to each other. So I want to welcome you on that journey. And as we, as we work on the rhythms of life for the next uh, seven weeks, counting this morning, uh, we're going to see some, that God's going to do some powerful things in our lives. And hopefully at the end of this, all of us will be forward in life from where we are today. And uh, that's my prayer for you, and that's actually my prayer for me. And I can tell you there's a wealth of challenge in, what, uh, in this journey that God's going to take us on over the next few weeks. So on the inside of your program, you're going to find a sheet of notes, fill-in-the-blank style. Even if you've, this is your first time here, I want to encourage you to take out those notes and uh, take the pencil that's on the chair there and complete the notes as best you can as we move along. Uh, this is not like school in as much as the answers will be on the screen, so we're not going to hide them from you, all right? no test at the end, but we give you that as a tool. And it's a tool for a couple of reasons. Number one, it will help you learn, helps us learn. And then number two, it will help you remember. You have something to look back at and it'll help it get locked into your mind because it's really easy to come to church and get all amped up about living life right and then go out and get involved in daily living Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And somewhere along the line, you just totally lost everything that you had come out of church so bound and determined to do. So I want to encourage you to fill those out and take them with you, process them throughout the week. So what are we going to say about the rhythms of life? Well, I'm very excited about this sermon series because it deals with the core issues of life. If you would, I want you to imagine with me that there are six drums on the stage behind me. And each drum represents a core value of life. And those are drums 
that you need to beat on in your life and beat on them regularly. And the whole premise of what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks is if you leave any one or more than one of those drums out of your life, you're going to find it very difficult for you to really connect with God. In fact, these are the six things that draw us near to God. There's a wonderful verse in Scripture that goes like this. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. So these are the six things that historically church leaders for centuries have understood that these are the six basic rhythms of life. And as you might guess, they are found over and over and over again in the Bible. And that's one of the reasons why I'm really excited to bring them to you this morning. So let's jump right back into that song that you just heard, because there are three phrases out of that song or words out of that song that talk about these core issues or rhythms of life. So let's look at three underlying principles out of that song. The first is, we were created to dance. You had to get that out of that song, right? Doesn't that song just kind of call for you to get up and dance? Even those of you with no rhythm, right? Still calls for you to get up. It's just something about that. Why? Well, there's something in our spirits. You know what I wrote in my notes? Life isn't about surviving. It's about dancing. And I'm not just talking about ballroom dancing. I'm talking about, it's about having a spirit that's so filled with life and vitality that you want to stand up, you want to get up, and you want to dance. You want to dance your way through life. Oftentimes I think of the Kaiser commercials. We want you to live long and, what's the next word? Thrive. They stole that from God, actually. God's the one that wants you to live long and thrive. So we were created to dance. So how are we going to dance? Well, here's the next principle. It was in that song as well. You couldn't have missed this one. And that is Jesus is the Lord of the dance. See, if you don't know who the Lord of the dance is, you don't know when to dance, when not to dance, you don't know how to dance, you know what rhythm to get involved in, and that's where we run into the first real conflict in life. Because if I go through life and I miss the key to life, I won't dance, I'll, I'll find it tough even just to survive or exist. But if I know what the key to life is, then I have a chance to dance. But here's a problem. I have a nature... And on the inside of me, this nature tells me that the key to life is indulgence. That's not just unique to me. You all have that same nature. It's the nature that when you get up in the morning and you go out on the kitchen counter and your wife has surprised you and there's a half a dozen donuts on the counter, you think, is there any way I can down all six? And so I'm going to eat till I'm full, right? And I'm going to indulge myself. And so I pound down three or four of those donuts. And I think, isn't this great? Man, these taste so great. I wish I would never get full. And after you're done with donut number four, you're finally full. And about a half hour later, you feel like you swallowed a bowling ball. Right? Yeah. 
my fleshly nature always says that the key to life is indulgence. Now God comes along, Jesus comes along and says, you want to dance? It's not found in indulgence. You want to dance? Here's the truth. The key to life is found in purpose. Last weekend while I was gone, I went to my 40th class reunion. So many stories, but I won't bore you with those this morning. But I do want to tell you this, that, that you could take that crowd and you could, and I had a large, there were 750 kids in my graduating class, so it's a pretty good sized school. You could take that crowd and just draw a line down the middle. And on one side, you had all the people who were still looking for the key to life as indulgence. They were still drinking. They were still talking about what they did last night. They were still talking about all the stuff they're doing in life. And, and you know, they were the ones that couldn't wait till you know, the, the, till the alcohol started flowing because they were going to hold more alcohol than anybody else. It's a 40th class reunion. They're 58 years of age. <laughs> and they're still trying to chase after that stuff. And some of them are out there hitting on other people's wives. I mean, it's, it's like high school all over again. And then there was a little smaller group, but they had figured it out. And they had real purpose in life. And they weren't there to impress anybody. They were there, hey, what's up with you? I haven't seen you in years. How are you? What's going on in your life? And you would share what's going on in your life. And, and they would genuinely be happy about that. And you would ask them, so what's going on in your life? And they had found purpose. And they were living. And they had a zest and a vitality that didn't make them want to go get drunk so they could survive. They had a zest for life and a vitality. And they understood what the purpose was. So they weren't going to go out and hit on somebody else. They weren't still searching. Wow. Why do we struggle with purpose? Write this word down. There's no blank in your notes, but write this word down. The reason we struggle with purpose is it always requires discipline. And in our vocabulary, discipline is a four-letter word, isn't it? We struggle with that word. But you know the problem we have with indulgence? And I want you to hear this very clearly because it's just as important as what I just said to you. The reason we struggle with indulgence is because indulgence always leads to selfishness. Now I want, I want you to ask yourself this question. Have I ever known a person who was truly selfish and truly happy? You know any selfish people that are happy? You know what selfishness is? It's like the lottery. Okay? We read stories about how the lottery ruins people's lives. They got all that money and they lose all their relationships and their marriages break up and all that stuff. And we say, but Lord, I'd sure like to try that. I think it could work for me. Right? We do the same thing with selfishness. We look at it, we see how it ruins other people's lives. But somehow, if I could just be selfish, if I could just indulge myself, if I could have the things I want, if I could do all the things I want to do in life, if I could have unlimited whatever it is, somehow, God, I think that would work for me. 
And therein lies the great dilemma of life. So the real question is, are you back with me on the song? Who's the Lord of the dance? Is it me and my desires and what I want? Or is Jesus the Lord of the dance? There's a third principle in that song. And that is this. Where there is no rhythm, there can be no what? Dance. Some of you going, that's the story of my life right there. (laughs) I don't have any rhythm and I can't dance. Well, guess what? We all know that intuitively. That in order to dance, there has to be some rhythm that you can dance to. I want you to hear from the bottom of my heart what God is saying. Remember the six drums that are up here? What God is saying is, where there's no rhythm on those drums, there'll be no dancing in life. Not at all. So that begs a question, what about those rhythms? What are they? Well, in order to understand those uh, in any context of, of, of fullness, you're going to need to come back for the next six weeks in a row. We get into each one of those one rhythm at a time. But I want to talk to you this morning about rhythm, about the rhythms of life and why rhythms and the power of rhythms and so forth to get the scene set well. So let's take a look at rhythm defined. If you look it up in a dictionary, this is what the dictionary actually say. Rhythm is, a re- it means recurring at regular intervals. So a rhythm is anything that recurs at regular intervals. Very important concept for you and me to know. There are things that need to recur in my life at regular intervals in order for me to dance. They are the rhythms of life. And so, there you have it. That's what rhythm means. Now, what about rhythm? Rhythms need to be chosen. So let's talk about rhythms chosen for a minute. First thing you need to know is our human spirits were designed for rhythms. You know how I know that? Well, how did God create the universe? God created the universe so the earth earth rotates around the sun and it takes about 365 days and we call that a year, right? But not only is the earth revolving around the sun, but the earth is rotating as it revolves around the sun and it takes just about 24 hours for the earth to make one complete rotation and we call that a day, right? But the Bible says it, was, it took six days for God to create the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, He rested. And God put those seven days all together. And what do we call that? We call that a week. We take the 365 days and we divide them into 12 smaller sections and we call those months. God created you and God created me to function around those rhythms. You know how messed up you would be if you decided, you know, 24 hours in a day is just not enough. Now, I know every adult in this room has felt like that at times, right? How messed up would you be if you decided, dude, for me, it's 30 hours every day. I'm going to put my body on a 30-hour schedule. I'm going I'm to stay, I'm going to do 30-hour days. You would be so messed up. Why? 
Because you weren't created to operate around that rhythm. You were created to operate around a 24-hour-a-day rhythm. God made us for rhythms. Okay. Second principle is this. Beautiful rhythms must be carefully chosen and built. They have to be. Remember the, remember the six drums up here? Let's just suppose we got six percussionists and we said, we are going to create a rhythm. Ready? Go. And every guy just beat on his drum at whatever rate he wanted to beat and as loud as he wanted to beat and started whenever he wanted to and stopped whenever he wanted to. Would you enjoy that? You go, man, that's chaos. That's, that's, that's ugliness. And yet you just heard a song in which there were tambourines and drums and cymbals and, and all sorts of things and the rhythms of the guitars. And you found it inspirational. Why? Because those rhythms, number one, were carefully chosen. And number two, they were built. There were times in that song when only one person was playing. Then there were other times when there were only two or three people playing. And then there were times when the whole band was playing. But what is important for beauty is that those rhythms have to be carefully chosen and then built. And when they are, you feel like dancing. Can I tell you? Write these two words down in your notes. Routine versus random. I want to speak to you a minute about the spiritual rhythms of your life. You know, some people you say, you know, there's that drum over there of participation in church. How often do you beat on that drum? And the answer is, whenever I feel like it. Here's the drum of praying to God. How often do you beat on that drum? And the answer is, whenever I'm desperate. And here's a drum. And it's the drum of picking up the Bible and reading from God's Word. How often do you beat on that drum? Whenever I feel like it. Do you understand where I'm going with that? There's no routine. There's no rhythm to that. And where there's no rhythm, there can be no what? Be no dancing. See, God designed your life and mine to operate around these rhythms. And inherent in a rhythm is a routine. Can you imagine a song where every measure you went to a different drum beat? You'd say, I can't get into that song. It doesn't do the same thing twice. You see, the point of life is if you want to have a healthy life and you want to feel like dancing, you have to build into your life healthy routines and rhythms that give guidance to your life. And I'll show you how that works in a few minutes. So let's talk about the power of rhythms. Because they have tremendous power in our lives. The first thing you need to know is that our current rhythms, well, they reveal our priorities. You know, if I had the ability to hear the rhythms of your life, if somehow your life was recorded and we could just turn it on and listen, and here's, and here's the drum of, 
of church. And, and that drum doesn't get beat very often. But here's the drum of golf, and it gets beat three times a week. And here's the drum of, of eating, and it gets beat like six times a day, right? And here's the drum of whatever else. If I could just listen to the rhythms of your life, it would reveal to me what are your priorities and what are the core values of your life, because those are the ones you beat on all the time. And the ones that you rarely beat on are not a priority for you. Same thing would be true with me. That's a very, very powerful thing. You know why? Because what I want you to do this morning, not only right here, right now, but when you leave, I want you to take some time to listen to the rhythms of your life. What are those drums that you beat on all the time? Because whatever they are, they are the things that you're giving most of your life to. And therefore, right, wrong, or indifferent, they might even be indulgent, but they are the rhythms of your life. They determine who you are. Principle number two is this. We change our priorities by changing our rhythms. That's the single greatest principle of life change I can give you. We change our priorities by changing our rhythms. You know, this is a church where people's lives get changed all the time. And it's just fun for me as a pastor to get to watch that because what happens is somebody gets invited to come to church and oftentimes they're not all that excited about coming. Right? So they get drugged to church and they're expecting it to be boring and dry and all that kind of stuff. And what happens is they come on a Sunday morning and God begins to speak into their life and they decide, you know, I think I'll go back. And they come back a second time and God speaks into their life a little bit more and they realize something's beginning to happen. They go, I think I'll go back again. And the next thing you know, they're coming every single Sunday. What's happening in their life? A new rhythm. And as that rhythm starts to take hold in their life, then their priorities start to change. They used to have a priority of sleeping in on Sunday morning and they beat that drum every week, right? Then they started coming to church and now they beat a different drum on Sunday morning. Yeah. And then God begins to speak to them about some habit that they have in their life that they beat on all the time, but it's a destructive habit. It could be everything from yelling at the kids to having a critical spirit that we talked about a couple of weeks ago to, to being in bondage to some narcotic or, 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 or some drug or alcohol or whatever it is, any form of destructive habit. And God begins to speak to them about that. And that drum that they used to beat on they decide, that's not a good drum to beat on. And in fact, God said, instead of beating on that drum, why don't you beat on this one over here? And they start beating on a different drum, and their life begins to radically change. You see, rhythms not only reveal the priorities of our life, by changing the rhythms of our life, we actually change our priorities and when we change our priorities, we change our life. Now, take a look at principle number three. 
The more frequent the rhythm, the more powerful the change. I can change your life a little bit if you allow me to change your year. So once a year, we go to a prayer retreat. Okay? It changed your life. You go to a prayer retreat, you have an awesome time, and you walk away from that, and you go, man, I'm doing that next year. When do you have this thing? We have it every August. Okay, I'm in. Because you can feel that was really good for you. That will change your life a little. But I want you to hear me. We don't really change our lives much by changing the years or the months. We change our lives radically when we change the weeks and the days. I don't mind going on a diet once a year. I'm all over that. I can do without those four donuts once a year. Is that going to change my life much? No. But if I change my weeks and my days, profound change. So as I walk us through these six drum beats that allow us to draw near to God and that enable God to draw near to us. As I walk us through those, I'm going to be encouraging us to beat on those drums not once a year, not even once a month, but I'm going to be encouraging us to beat on those at least once a week and preferably daily. Let me give you a Latin phrase. Regula Vitae. You can see it up here on the screen in a minute. Regula Vitae. What does that mean? Well, in English, it means rule of life. You can write that down. It means rule of life. And we'll get the screen up there in a minute. Regula Vitae means rule of life. So what is this rule of life? Is it a Thou shalt not this, or thou shalt not that. Is there one rule that's so powerful in life that if you just get that one rule down, it will enable you to dance through life? Well, no, not exactly. But this is a different kind of rule. In fact, if you were to go to Latin and you were to look up that word regula and, and its derivation, it actually means a wooden stick with markings on it at regular intervals. What English word do we get from that? Ruler. Yeah. Rule of life. Now, what's the advantage of a rule? Well, if I said to you, I would like for you to take a piece of paper this morning and I want you to draw on it a perfect triangle. I don't care what the dimensions of the triangle are in terms of it doesn't have to be an equilateral triangle or any of that kind of stuff. I just want you to draw a a beautiful triangle that has three sides. If you did not have a ruler or some straight edge, would that be difficult? Yeah. Because you have nothing to rest your pencil beside to make a straight line. You have no ruler. But if I gave you a ruler, we could all draw a perfect triangle. You just put your ruler down, take your pencil, run along the edge, move it a little bit, run it on that edge, take a third line, put it on that edge, and you have three perfectly straight lines that intersect, and it makes a triangle. It's pretty easy. 
Why? Because you have a ruler. You have a guide. Now, if you had read the writings of the early church leaders, they often referred to the phrase regula vitae because they said there is a rule of life that's a guide. And if you have the right rule of life, then you can dance. Dancing comes only after you choose the right rule of life. And they referred to these six drums as the rule of life. For they are the things that allow us to draw near to God so he can draw near to us. I want to close this morning by reading to you a number of scriptures. Because this whole concept of rhythms of life is found all the way through Scripture. And and I want to leave you with these Scriptures. Take a look. We'll start right out at the very beginning with creation. God is talking to Noah, the guy that built the ark. And God said, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter. In other words, these are the rhythms of life, Noah. And guess what, buddy? I made them for you, and they're going to continue as long as you live. In fact, as long as the earth remains, they're going to have those rhythms. David picked up on that a few centuries later, and David wrote, Both day and night belong to you. You made the starlight and the sun. You set the boundaries of the earth, and you made both summer and winter. The wonderful rhythms of life. But that same David who wrote that, also had a rhythm in his personal life. Notice what he wrote here in Psalm chapter 5. He said, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord, each morning. I want you to underline the words each morning. That was the rhythm of David's life. Each morning I bring my request to you and I wait expectantly. Did David say, God, every time I get, you know, desperate? No, he said what? Each morning morning. That was the rhythm of his life. A little further in the Bible, we encounter a guy by the name of Daniel. Daniel had a rhythm in his life. He, Daniel, went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows toward Jerusalem. He prayed, what was his rhythm? Three times a day. Here's how you know it was a rhythm. Just as he had always done giving thanks to God. In fact, earlier in that verse, I want you to underline the words, as usual. That was the rhythm of his life. Now, if you move forward in the Bible, you get to Jesus' life. I want you to see Jesus had a rhythm to his life as well. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went, what are the next two words? As usual. There was the rhythm to the synagogue on the Sabbath. How often does the Sabbath occur? Once a what? Once a week. So that was one of the rhythms in Jesus' life. On the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue. He was born into a Jewish culture, and so that's what he did. He went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath, stood up and read the Scriptures. And here's another verse. Jesus often. That's another rhythm. When it says often, it means he not only beat on that drum, but he beat it often. He beat it rapidly. It was a very important rhythm in his life. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for what? For prayer. You know, as we close, as I lead us in prayer, I want you to reflect back on your life and just ask, what are the rhythms of my life? 
Are the rhythms of my life, the drums that I beat on regularly, are those drums that allow me to draw near to God or are they drums that are just involved in the humdrum of everyday life that don't really bring me close to God? Because I can tell you this, Jesus is the Lord of the dance. And the further you are away from Jesus, the less you're going to dance in life. And the closer you get to Him, the more you want to dance. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.